welcome to NFL Mayo. I'm Luke. And I'm Aiden, but I'm actually Harbaugh on Judge Judy in the audience. <laughs> that's <my laughs> so that's, the last one was my laugh, but the first one is my Harbaugh laugh. Here's my Harbaugh on Judge Judy laugh. <laughs> <laughs> we will get to the Jim Harbaugh segment at the closure of our coaching hire segment at the end of the podcast. <laughs> but most importantly, we're... <laughs> We are at the premium point in the season it's where good. they're not they're not giving us a buffet of games throughout the week no. and all on Sunday. And it sucks, you know, because then you got to face your thoughts throughout the week, and nobody wants to do that. No. But what we do have is the cream of the crop games on that Sunday ticket. We got the conference championship coming up this weekend, AFC, NFC. Is the city of Detroit going to finally get to the Super Bowl in our lifetime? But first, let's recap these divisional games. In any lifetime. Because a lot happened. Yeah, well, correct. Let's start with Texans playing the Ravens. Ravens' first game since they were the number one seed, they hosted at home. They beat the crap out of the Texans 34-10. to This is a very complete roster. I've maintained that I think the Ravens are the best team in the NFL this year. Um... Give me a One little something, because because I and I like when on these recaps too, because I was away for the funeral this weekend for my uncle and everything. I didn't get to see a lick of ball for the most part. So I, no, like, you're good. Like your recap is going to be like you're you're just you're my eyes. Honestly, in my opinion, it was more of just a roster overwhelming Houston's young roster. Like Houston couldn't convert. Um, they were only getting field goals early. They were just punting a lot, going a lot of like. Five, four or five and outs. And then in the second half, like they just like the Ravens just opened it up. You had Lamar getting a scrambling touchdown. You had him hitting likely. And then likely's the backup tight end, very athletic. But I think next week, Andrews comes back who got yeah, hurt with that I've hip heard. roll tackle early in the year. And we yeah. know how talented he is. Then basically I don't remember like too many crazy highlights from this one. I remember Jadavian Clowney had a huge play. How was Stroud? Um, did he look he was all right, but like, yeah, pretty much. Did it finally like show just, up where it, it's like, oh, this guy isn't working with elite receivers? Like, no offense to Tank Dell and, he was, and the youngins he's balling with, but so in my opinion, they couldn't get roster. They got nothing going on the ground. I think the Ravens' defense is arguably the best in the league. And like, as a quick diversion, arguably. a lot of this. A lot of this has to do with play calling. Their defensive coordinator is very good. They've invested a lot at the defensive side of the ball. They also picked up Roquan Smith from the Bears. Now, the Bears ended up getting two linebackers for essentially the same contract, but Roquan has essentially um, transformed that defense in Baltimore. He's very, very good off ball. He can run in space playing the pass, playing the run, makes plays all over. And then, honestly, Houston got nothing going on the ground. 9 for 22 for the running back, 2 for 7 for the backup running back, 3 for 9 for Stroud. That's less than 50 yards. Stroud was 19 for 33 for 175 and no touchdowns. So it was just an overwhelming effort. Damian Pierce had a fumble, who's another running back. So that's all I have for that recap. It wasn't very exciting because it was just honestly kind of a blowout. I mean, it's the one seed, uh, and yeah. I I um, was rolling with the underdogs pretty hard, and I had to I erred on the side of maybe the week of rest wouldn't serve the Ravens. Uh, that take looks very silly. It probably it could go either way. It looked silly to some then, but I I thought I felt the Texans like were hot. The Texans were hot, and I think when you're Super in hot. rhythm, I think when you're in rhythm, it's good. But uh, both one seeds, and you can continue to the next one, have kind of proved yeah. me 
uh, false on that one. Well, the next one seed matchup against the seven seed 49ers versus the Packers. This was actually, I mean, other than the, the built, well, all of these games, other than the first game where we recap, were good. But this was very tightly contested. Um, 49ers come out on top 24 to 21. There's a play that's going to stand out to everybody. And I don't know if this fully encapsulates Jordan Love, but this is things that I see from Jordan Love from time to time, making just goofy-ass plays that he shouldn't. And the closer of this game came from Jordan Love rolling out right and just absolutely chucking up a duck against his body halfway across the field for an interception game ceiling. And that's going to stand out to a lot of people because there was still some time on the clock to keep working. And he just chucked up one of the most unforgivable passes a quarterback can throw. So that's going to stand out to a lot of people. He hasn't been making mistakes like that recently either. Like recently, exactly. The eight game stretch at the back end of the season versus how he kind of looked clueless here and there at the, in the, in the front chunk. Right. Um, So Jordan at the beginning of the season had a lot more plays like that as Luke mentioned, but in the second half of the season, he was arguably the best quarterback in performance. So Jordan love had less than 200 passing two TDs and two picks. One of them I just recapped Aaron Jones went over a hundred. The touchdowns came for Bo Melton and Tucker craft. There were good plays in the game from the Packers. I thought that they played a good game. Um, Keyshawn Nixon and love both dropped a fumble. So there's three turnovers for, or potential turnovers for love on the other side, McCaffrey popped off almost 200 or sorry, almost a hundred rushing, but he had two touchdowns. Kittle played great. Their defense played great. Dre Greenlaw had two picks, um, basically sealed that game. This is a really tightly contested matchup, not just because it's a or NFC, but this is because there's the coaching tree dynamic at play. Mm-hmm. These coaches know each other very well. They know how to play against that offense. Um, I thought that this was a tough one, though, for the for the 49ers. I, and I didn't think Brock Purdy looked all that great. I caught bits and pieces of it, and then I caught um, some of the ending. And the stuff I was seeing early on, I saw Purdy missing a bunch. And that yeah. really surprised me. Yep. Uh, and I was really thinking about that last night. I was like, Purdy missing. Uh, Who is blade. out, though? Think about that. Debo's out. When he doesn't have superstars all around him, he looks very pedestrian, in my opinion. You know, that's fair. But on I, I, almost, I honestly had this weird, like, flipped argument where I'm like, if we're arguing that Brock Purdy isn't an MVP um, candidate, right? But when he's off it sort of holds the balance of the entire 49ers like fortune in his hands right so i'd say that like call it a facilitator call it what you want but i think that does make him the most valuable player uh at least on the 49ers uh because it's up to him to make all those Mm. pieces work truly because when it wasn't happening the packers had that game won and were skating to the nfc championship I was I got to the end of it and I go fuck. I was literally not watching anymore. The Packers were up late in the game. Like I thought it was over. If it weren't for if it weren't I don't know what the hell happened. It was a late interception, a late turnover, like uh, that that like sort of sealed the game. The Packers were going to win this football game. The Packers were, were l- mere minutes away from going to the NFC title where they would have met uh, a friendly face. 
yeah, that would have been the worst case scenario. So I get that perspective. I don't view it that way because in my opinion, he was off and it took the superstars of the team to win the game. You had Kittle making great plays and you had McCaffrey making great plays, which has been the case. McCaffrey has to pick up the steam when Purdy can't put it together. So you could argue that when the superstars aren't playing well, like the whole team falls apart, or you can argue that like when Purdy can't get the ball to the guys and they don't make incredible plays, the the team falls apart. I guess that's just two different perspectives for what's going on. But I'm trying to force it too hard through a prism, but it's just, I get what you're saying. You know, maybe it's a late night, like sort of like stoner thought where I'm like, no, wait, like Purdy is everything. (laughs) I think what you saw is that Purdy is generally very quick on the trigger to identify the matchup and identify where the ball needs to go. And he gets it there accurately when he doesn't, you can't see those after the catch plays. You can't see those huge screens that pop off because maybe it's thrown a little bit off. I'm just saying if he has an off game and people are, are, are trigger happy to cook him, then I just think that he should get all the love uh, on the opposite spectrum. I get that. One thing I've tried to combat in my own self is there's nothing to dislike about Brock Purdy. He's an amazing Truly. story. He seems to be an incredibly nice young man and there's he's playing out of haters. his fucking mind. There's but the thing is there. there's Niners haters, there's front runner haters, there's haters of teams that are generally successful always and there's the fact that he's seen to be a lesser physical talent benefiting off of superstar offensive players all around him. And he is in that MVP conversation. And a lot of people don't like that because maybe they're a fan of the team that has a superstar type quarterback that has to make up for roster lacks. So I don't like, I've had to combat some of those thoughts too, because none of this is Brock Purdy's fault. Brock Purdy's out there dealing and winning games, and that is to be lauded, in my opinion. So he's not done anything wrong to merit any negative reaction Agreed. from people. That's that's all I want to say about that. All that said, I'd rather the Lions win, even though I'm an NFC North guy. Look at you. Stepped away to drink a little Didn't swig. Didn't want to glug on oh, that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's smart. All right. I'm highly caffeinated. It's a day pod. Um, still dealing I'm with still a little bit of the chest phlegm. Not great. Yeah. No, I hear you. I went back to the Midwest for like four or five days and I came back feeling like not so hot. Um, didn't hike once this week. I was like, I can't Ugh. do it. I don't feel good. Um, I almost sent you some Spotify stuff for your music tracks. Yeah, that sounds but, great. Uh, I listen to like more rock stuff than rap when I'm exercising. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to see what will keep me most energized. And I think right now Beats composed by Dr. Dre are really just what's yeah. doing it for me. You know? Yeah, by, while wearing Beats by Dre, the detox version retro headset, which I, I have in my closet. afford Apple headphones or Beats. Dude, I have the old school Dr. Dre Beats before they were That's Apple. sick. I remember Allie D- had a really cool purple pair back when she was in high school. D's been using them to play on the PlayStation or Xbox oh or whichever to connect it in the controller because we couldn't so find one that still had the cord. And yeah. I'm like, I think I got a Detox by Dre Beats uh. headset upstairs. I bought it in tech school from some like um, country dude. He's like, you oh, want these? Right? You want these Dr. Dre headphones? He uh. still loved rap, but he was he was country. All right, let's get to the Sunday matchups. These were also exciting. We had the number four seed Buccaneers visiting the number three seed Lions in Detroit. Dude, the environment. We, first off, were you able to watch the Sunday games more? I couldn't remember. No. I All saw right. Like nothing. The, 
Understood. The Detroit environment, that home crowd was raucous. It was such a cool thing to see. As much as I hate seeing it, it's good for them, man. Like the state of Michigan has to be feeling great. Even though they cheated their way to a national championship Mm -hmm. in college, they won it. Even like... Honestly, there's nothing wrong with the Lions. The identity of Michigan is so much, uh, so so much less likable than the identity of uh, yeah. Sorry, Ohio. Of, of of I'm so sorry. The identity of the Wolverines is so much less likable than the yes. identity of the Lions because yes, like, that's the what, Lions exactly. are like this like Detroit ass like rough and tumble. Yep. Like Dan Campbell kind of energy. It's a you know it's a hardcore city. It's the auto industry. Aiden like, Hutchinson then, then, is a hometown boy. Like and then even I think that's of likable. Michigan cheating to the title. Uh, Harbaugh, Judge Judy, being uh, incredibly pretentious in general, just being like, just having big lacrosse energy. Uh, yeah, over there. for sure. Rich country club energy. <laughs> I'm um, a Notre Dame fan, so I shouldn't. I shouldn't. I'm also, an Ohio my wife State loves fan. Michigan. My wife got Ohio- into Michigan, and so she likes them. She Ohio. S- I don't like that about her, but understood. Oh no 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 no. Um, they're cheaters and judge Judy is going to hear a hearing with Jim Harbaugh as the uh, defendant. So here's the thing there. When I try to like think over the lions, there's like only one unlikable thing that even jumps to mind. And that's Amon Ross St. Brown's a mouthy little shit, but he's still very good ass. I know. And in other ways likable, but he, I don't know if you know this, he does a podcast with his brother Equinemius. Hey, um, has been on the Bears. I don't know if he'll be he retained for next year. Too. He's a free agent right now. He was on the no Bears for the boy. last two years. But I they mean, have a dad podcast. Love, my dad loved when uh, Aquinemius got on the Irish because the announcers would say it, and my dad would. My dad thought that was the funnest. His name, dad. Right? His dad is Mister Olympia or Mister whatever it's called, Jim Brown. Yeah, they're cool. They're they're yeah. cool, man. Very um, cool family. They were raised in France by their um, mother. Well, dual citizens, so they would learn multiple languages. Superstar athletes. The only thing is on that podcast, Amon Ra is incredibly mouthy and shit talks the Bears quite often. And it gets on my nerves a little bit, but he's still there's very nobody. Likeable. There's nobody in the modern NFL that has a sort of like Steve Smith, Heinz Ward energy, though, except for him. Can you think of any other big time receivers that bring that kind of like uh, like energy? I can't. Like JJ is mm. dope and I love JJ, but I, he's more of a, I would put him in. I don't want to say pretty boy, but and uh, yeah, that's a good call. You know what I mean? Like, and so that's why I like it. I don't like it when it's against the Vikings, but I don't know if I would necessarily compare him to Steve Smith and Heinz. I mean, but I get what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, like a physical. I'm gonna come after you. I'm gonna get the touchdown. I'm gonna get the yards. Plays with the chip constantly. Little mm -hmm. man syndrome to an extent, Mm -hmm. which puts you over the top with your work effort. Yeah, let's talk about the game though. That's a good call. The Lions come out on top 31 to 23. This was pretty tightly contested. I thought Baker had a little bit more of a down game in this one. I thought that this was just a talent disparity. Um, If you look at how it went, Baker throws a pick early in the game. That was absolutely just a fucking tip shit that like shouldn't have been a pick wide receiver fucking doesn't catch it. Um, You've got another interception later by, Chauncey Gardner Johnson that was supposed to go to Mike Evans and that's the shit that doomed him was the two turnovers because other than that it was a pretty close game um 
Mike that. Evans popped off. He had close to 150 and a touchdown. You had Kate Otten making a pretty good play. He's had kind of brick hands throughout the playoffs, but he showed up more in this game. If you look at the stat line, Baker wasn't bad outside of those two picks. Like he was 350 and three touchdowns. He was dealing, and I think he's going to get fat a fat contract. contract. Yeah, fat fatty. contract because yeah. of how he's led this team. On the other side, I mean, who's Jared to say he Goff take him back to the playoffs the way that division set up? Like, yeah, exactly. Jared Goff played well. Jameer Gibbs played well. You had Craig Reynolds in there. One carry with a touchdown. Amon Ra played well. Josh Reynolds is a guy that I just keep seeing popping up for this Lions offense. He's like, I think, number eight, the wide receiver. Mm-hmm. He makes plays when they need it. And I think a lot of the attention goes to Amon Ra, so you get other guys with one-on-ones. But he made plays when he needed to. Um, it was funny oh. because chauncey gardner johnson and baker had like this twitter beef before the game where they were talking shit and then after baker threw that first pick which was totally not really his fault chauncey and him ended up on the sideline kind of jawing with each other and i'm like i love you baker but that wasn't even your fault and he's getting like jawed at like it was like chauncey's like i got you fucker like you know what i mean because they had the beef fucker uh, no, dude, I love that shit. I love that, like, Baker brings uh, some he, – he, his flair from college in uh, Oklahoma it's, never really left. Like, And, and it's becoming fun. loved again. It was mm-hmm. They tried to tamp it down, and we've mentioned this throughout our years on the podcast. When success is, is um, being had with the team, that kind of antic, that shtick works. And when uh, you yeah. have a losing we were streak – when you're early not, on. We didn't like yeah. it early on in the show. And then the Browns and the media kind of like spun against Baker and I fled to his defense. I'm like, you guys are psychotic. Like Baker just, I'm team Baker. I've always begrudgingly liked Baker, despite what he did to Ohio State at the Blocko stamping his flag. I've always begrudgingly liked him. I've said at times, oh, go ahead. I've I've said at times he's kind of fake, like in maybe Gardner Minshew's more of like that persona, like embodied, but Baker's still... I mean, maybe it is really just how he is because he's maintained it, like you've said. My thing is, um, did I see somebody on the Lions uh, do the like the dance Baker did at the rookie symposium or the photo shoot or whatever? You know, like oh, that awful. Oh my like, god, I don't. Re- I, the- oh, I saw this. Yeah, somebody on the Lions did it. I yeah, didn't like, remember that. Yeah, I need to find that. I you should send me that video. It. Yeah, let me find it. <laughs> I was like, holy shit, they're roasting him. He's already dead. You're killing him. Um, no, I, I, I'm fine. I was with my family. My brother has always had a soft spot for the Lions since we were kids. He's a little more uh, able to remember the Barry Sanders era um, and whatnot. And they're underdogs, so he, he always That would have wooed him. me. I'm not going to lie. Um, Barry Sanders might have wooed me over. I mean, dude, I was, you know, who favorite uh, running back to watch. And I love Walter Payton's film too. Brett Favre wooed me as a kid in 98 and shit. Like, or nine, like the mid nineties, not 98. Isn't it crazy? I was like wearing, I was wearing like a Packers. I dressed as Brett Favre for Halloween one year as a kid, Packers and all. My dad must've like wanted to kill me. What a supportive father. To get to the final game of the divisional weekend. We have the chiefs playing the bills at Buffalo. This game was very memorable, not just because of the tightly contested matchup and the rivalry on the field, but also because Kelsey brother Jason was in the crowd, shirtless, off, pissed drunk off like 40 Miller lights, mm-hmm. jumping out of the box into the crowd. Um, 
hanging out with Bills fans, picking up a little girl with the Taylor Swift sign to show to Taylor. This is all like while Taylor's there, so she's seeing him in all of his glory. Um, everyone was loving that. Mad Very likeable. interesting. I, I I have a hard time. He's just it's like he's more likable than Travis. Mad likable in comparison. I'm like I I may, you know I like drinking beers and having a fun time. I don't think I'd be shirtless, but if I was a pro athlete, I'd be fine to be shirtless. I get um, that. If now when we talk about the game on the field, this is one where I thought that this um, Kansas City defense would play a big role. They've been very good, um, but what I should have realized was that Travis Kelsey was going to go the fuck off. Travis mm-hmm. Kelsey had an insane game. I'm just checking right now. Did he have three or two touchdowns? I think he had two, but he almost yeah he had two you know touchdowns. Me, my friend almost had a hat trick. The Chiefs offense was okay um they got the 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 scores when they need it and then they milked the clock at the end which is kind of the story of how this goes i thought that there would have been a chance to tie it up the big story is that the buffalo kicker misses the field goal at the end and that pretty much closes it and i believe that's um tyler bass if i'm not mistaken just making sure yeah yeah tyler bass misses a field goal it was a really bad kick this should have put us into overtime potentially should have tied us up giving the chiefs a chance to go out there and potentially score to win it but after that missed field goal it was over very sad you see different kinds of attitudes and and personalities between these quarterbacks and we've talked about it earlier in the season with the bullshit way that um pat mahomes handled the loss with the call the offsides call on Kadarius tony and how he handled that with josh allen and luke has been very critical of josh allen but i think we can agree that he's been a fairly good character and a good teammate in the way he's presented everything. He might appear maybe a little bit dupey or, you know what I mean? Like I've never criticized him for being dupey. I've criticized him for being turnover prone, but here's the difference between the people. I've maintained that the team goes as he goes too. when he's on fire and hot, which he's very, very capable of being an elite talent. The bills go with it. But when he's when 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 they're losing because of him, that's just that that's gonna happen if you're coughing up the ball in a bunch. He's been great. Right. He took them on a journey. I ha- the Bills were pretty much counted out of the playoffs. Yeah, you inshallah they so, made it. Yeah, I know. And they and they had their head coach saying weird shit <gasps> years ago. I just I just want to highlight together. though. I just want to highlight. It's the personality that stands out to me because when Tyler Bass misses this kick and basically loses the game for you, Josh Allen, Josh Allen runs straight to him and hugs him and like walks off with him and like says all the right things to defend him as a person and as a teammate. And then you see the fucking Chiefs and how they handle winning. They're fucking graceless, dude. They're the worst winners and the worst losers. You see the interaction between Travis Kelsey and Josh Allen at the end, and he's like, Man, you guys shouldn't have even made it here in the first place. Miracle, you guys even made it here, brother. As he's like tapping him on the fucking chest plate. And like you know Pat is fucking graceless because it's expected, because they're entitled and they're privileged. And I cannot wait for them to get their fucking asses kicked by Baltimore this weekend. I, I hope all eyes on the referees, it. dude. It, it, they have embraced a villain role when they were like waving to the crowd goodbye and stuff and buffalo and stuff and i yeah look i don't hate it i'm cool with people playing the heel obviously like travis kelsey likes that shit he was doing all the wrestling quotes last year and stuff like yeah he's always you know what i mean like and that's so and i've been that's cool but it's it's very modern you know what i mean like i feel like you know people hated 
Brady and Belichick and they were the villains, but they weren't like they weren't like saying they weren't doing that kind of thing. They weren't super showy about it in that way. Um, I don't necessarily care. Again, like whatever. Um, that said, they've got a target on them, and I think for the first time more of America is is against them than for them because for a while I think we were really as a as a like as a nation of football fans so enamored by uh Mahomes and him being the next uh Tom Brady the baby goat like all those stories like and it was amazing and that was a beautiful, and all of that is still a beautiful sapling true. to oh it is true but the, that, still true. the yeah. first few years of this yeah. was so much more fun and then you stir the pot this year with you know these guys have their podcast going on a few years now and we we just we the media is they're the new media darling because Rogers tweaked his leg and is saying weird stuff so now they need the people to latch on to and then throw the Taylor Swift and however you feel about the Taylor Swift of it all um, I'm not gonna judge one one way, one way or the other um, the point is it would be satisfying for them to lose and they know that. And I think they're embracing that the way that, you know, the Warriors sort of started to at the end with like Draymond Green and and Clay Thompson and all them kind of like sun and everyone and being like, look, we do this. Like we're the we're the we're the dynasty in the league. Like, you know, you, you goes through us and that's cool. There's something to that. I get that. Um, I think I was maybe a little bit ahead of the curb on the Chiefs hate. I mean, I've I've often thought maybe that's just because I'm a hater, but I did kind of identify some of these characteristics that have started to rub people the wrong way, and I'm kind of proud of that. But never turned, things... I never ever turned until the Netflix show. Yeah, and and I know that's through a lens, but I was like, oh, I don't really vibe with that dude's personality, and 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 then it sort of like. I don't know, kind of steered me in the wrong direction. Cause like I was I think, pretty obsessed with Mahomes. I was like, this guy's the fucking greatest. I think that Mahomes in that team right now at large is graceless in victory and in loss and lacks in sportsmanship. And they're yeah, very I mean, privileged. He bitched to the Bills last. He bitched to Josh Allen last time instead of saying good game. Right. And then, to, yes, that's, like, yeah, I said that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You're right. You're right. Like, dude, you're they're right. just, what is to like about them other than the fact that he's hey, a superstar for Lamar, Hall baby. of Fame talent who gets the benefit of the doubt from refs and all of the beneficial calls except for like one this year and then he complained about it and made himself out to be a fool. So look, the Chiefs, congratulations, this was a hard fought win. Um, I'll say this, the Bills are down so many players, dude. The Bills are down maybe like seven of their best defensive players or something like that. So... I'm not using that as an excuse. It sucks that Josh Allen keeps getting to the same fucking spot every year and keeps losing to the same team and the same rival quarterback. But he's got to win it. He ha- It does suck for the Bills fans because I think they're infinitely more likable right now because everybody talks now. about Bummer. Bills Mafia. Um, they're a very cool story. But that recaps divisional. We need to talk about conference championships, which are tomorrow, and we need to finish up the episode with some fun talk after recapping some of the coaching hires. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, Let's I see the video it was Amon Ra St. Brown doing Baker's dance after a touchdown. That's so funny. Yeah, good for him. Yeah. Yeah. That's good stuff. I, I guess I didn't catch that. That's crazy. I think I would have. All right. Let's first do our picks. We have the Chiefs visiting the Ravens in what I think is going to be a really fun matchup. I'm just going to go ahead first. And by the way, we have this postseason 
Criterion Collection bet going right now. And Luke and I are both tied with six correct picks. There are three games left. We will figure out a tiebreaker if it comes to that. For the Chiefs-Ravens Conference Championships for the AFC, I've got the Ravens in this one at home. I think they're going to beat them bloody, dude. Uh, it's going to be an absolute slobber knocker. I, this is the third <laughs> in a row. I've slobber been knocker. Yeah, keeping in the wrestling terminology. Um, this is the third week in a row I've been invited by my pal Chelsea to go to the Chiefs bar uh, in L.A. and watch the game. So I'm going to go and I'm going to uh, root for the Chiefs as an absolute fucking sleeper cell, dude, because deep <gasps> down underneath I'm wearing Lamar Jackson number eight underneath my jacket, dude. Yeah! <laughs> Go Ravens! You got, so. Yeah, I got, I got, got I got the Ravens. Uh, so it's oh, gonna be yeah. awful. I'm gonna have to be a total like it's really gonna be a real like sociopath Batman. Are you a good situation. actor? Are you mentally I, unwell and you're dissociating? Uh, second one. No, I don't because yeah. I'm bad in front of a camera. I'm just good at lying to people in real life. Yeah, your friend Chelsea Handler. Yeah, it's Chelsea Handler. I'm kidding. All right. <laughs> We have the same pick in this one, and we're both very hopeful for Lamar to get to the Super Bowl. That would be so awesome. I and I even more Harbaugh, even more Harbaugh. It's one of those things where we must see it to believe it, and even then, people might not give Lamar the credit. Even if Lamar does make it to the Super Bowl, he might not get the credit that somebody else would get. Great call. Now is a great time to introduce a segment which I almost forgot. At the end of last season, Lamar had a very, very um, infamous contract negotiation standoff with the Ravens, which led to trade pursuits where no other team put in a trade offer for him, even though he is a former MVP. You had stretched the whole regular season. They're basically like putting their whole team on this guy's back and refusing to pay him. Like it made, it was so publicly like, it was like saying I'm breaking up with my girlfriend and they're still dating him and everybody knows. You had talking heads in the sports media grandstanding. You had a lot of perceptions and opinions from people saying that you cannot pay a guy like him because of the style of quarterback he is. I talked at length in the offseason podcasts about how I think there is um, racism and colorism at play when when talking about Lamar Jackson. And I cannot be more proud of me and you for our stance on Lamar Jackson throughout the entirety of that contract dispute and how that has played out this season for him and his team. Because not only is he in position to win an MVP and potentially win a Super Bowl, and in doing that, if he achieves both of those things, he's already a Hall of Famer right there. If he achieves those two things, the entirety of the length of his contract is already worth it, even if he can't play the rest of it because they got that Super Bowl. And on top of all this... They finally invested in fucking wide receivers around him. And look at what he has done in the passing game from the pocket. Lamar Jackson has been incredible in dealing from the pocket. He did it without Mark Andrews for the majority of the year. He did it with an ailing OBJ who is a shell of what he used to be. But at least they invest around him. And he played like a fucking quarterback. You can't like not as the quote-unquote athlete playing quarterback that people want to typecast him as. He's probably winning MVP. I think he wins the Super Bowl if Baltimore makes it. They're treating so him like th- fucking Terrell Pryor or something. Exactly. <laughs> it's like and he it's didn't like, have an MVP. We were right the whole time, so I'm patting us on the back for that because not only do we have the right stance contractually with the money situation, we had the right stance um, with the optics of it. Sure, I agree. And, and I thought it was like, 
it was very strange because especially in the world where um Dak had gotten a bag like and Mahomes had gotten <coughs> the biggest bag I've ever seen and that was working to disprove this like black quarterback's theory of course but Lamar being left out of that uh was really strange to me and I'm happy that they finally did the right thing and then he, you know he proved them correct he proved himself correct if Lamar bet on himself Lamar was represented by his mother <laughs> like you know what I mean like Lamar didn't give a cut of that to an agent like and and people knocked his shit and tried to call him stupid publicly shame him create a media narrative uh, like and 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 being like well we're not saying it's stupid but doesn't it seem stupid and i think this is the most satisfying outcome uh yep. as a as a fan of lamar uh and Infinitely i really likeable really am. player oh my god dude the kind of the kind of player you dream of like this is if Lamar Jackson were a Viking, I probably would have gotten like his signature tattooed to my butt. There's like, nobody fucking. like him, man. <laughs> there is nobody that is like a water bug. He's like a water bug on the field. The way he can start, stop, backtrack, juke. Barry Sanders he's, and Michael Vick, but he's tall yeah. and can throw. Like, I don't even, even think well, Michael, Michael Vick, Vick can throw really well at the end. I well, really think Barry comparison. Sanders. He's shattering Barry. Michael Vick's rushing records, right? Right. Even when people compare him, even when people compare him to Justin, like, I don't even think they're comparable in, in the way they move. Like, they're both uh, yeah. African-American quarterbacks who can get a thousand rushing yards, but the way in which they get those rushing yards is vastly different. Well, like, Justin isn't the pull up and, and walk into nope. the end zone by somebody. No, nope. Justin is rough Justin and tumble. Is He's powered. closer to Josh Allen's He's Josh style. Allen. I've been comping yeah. him to Josh Allen for years. Um, I think Lamar is an entirely unique type of player. He is a 2K football. Um, he is a seven on seven swag all over you. South Florida style guy that we may not see his, for years. His high school helmet, like the purple and gold, like yep. tiger, like bingle helmet, dude, from that highlight. Oh, the, I want it the so Divine highlights. Oh my Lord, dude. Like that helmet is so sick. It's like picture a Bengals helmet, but it's purple and gold. It's like, I need one. Yep infinitely likable player i'm gonna be rooting very hard for the ravens this weekend let's sleeper get into cell. sleeper cell at the <laughs> bar. nobody tell my friend let's get into and she's not listening to nfl Mayo. who are we kidding? that's the good let's... news and also i have a soft spot for the chiefs because of course jared allen but also canton legend boomer grigsby was a uh, was drafted by the kansas State chiefs i'll always have a soft spot shout that out that was to, the maligned to... early aughts uh chiefs where they were likable yeah, they were super likable, and it was like uh, Jared Allen one year, Boomer Grigsby the next year. Hard couple knocks. A couple of Buck Buchanan award winners at Idaho State and Illinois State, respectively. So I love those dudes. The Jared Allen, the first Jared Allen Vikings card is still him on the Chiefs. So it says Jared Allen, Minnesota Vikings, but it's Jared Allen up in the air holding the ball, and Boomer Grigsby's like holding him up, and like that's, that's the so card cool. I have. Yeah, and so it's like I have a soft spot. Yeah, but this ain't the that. Brody. This isn't Brody Croyle at the trigger. It's Mahomes, and he's not very likable right now. So, go, this ain't go, the uh, lunch Ravens. buffet. This isn't Dwayne Bow. This isn't the breakfast buffet. This isn't the breakfast buffet. Oh I yeah, can't cocktail, cocktail, oh, guy. cocktail guy. Hits him in the face. This ain't the <laughs> breakfast, breakfast buffet. buffet. Yeah, you keep my girl warm at night. My sister does the breakfast <laughs> buffet line all the time, dude. <laughs> all right, this let's get to the. Buffet. NFC Championship game, the Lions <laughs> against the 49ers. This could be a very fun matchup. Uh, it's really hard for me to pick because my heart says the Lions, my brain says 49ers. I'm going to pick the 49ers at home. I think their defense 
flies around, has the talent, and I think that Jared Goff, when he gets moved off his spot, consistently starts to crumble throughout the duration of games. And I think this is the defensive front that's going to move him off his spot and get pressure, and that's going to be the deciding factor. I think even if Brock Purdy has a bad game, McCaffrey can win you a game. He's one of the running backs that can win a game. I uh, think if Brock Purdy has a bad game, and this is close, the Lions win. Lions aren't losing a close game in the NFC title, not these Lions. Like it's just like they don't they don't lose these close games like this uh, when it matters. It's it's been incredible to watch and Well, they certainly um, gamble with the close games some, they in don't their, fuck in their around decisions. and they're they're not that way. They're all or nothing and it's it's terrifying and it's beautiful and it's this really cool brand of football and I'm so thankful we have it. I'm so thankful for this renaissance of like these Mike McDaniels and these Dan Campbells and like LaFleur's and Shanahan's and they're all, coaches. Doing, they're all doing these wonderful things that are like, you know, distinct and like, it's uh it's a fun in era week. in the sport again. Um, but all that said, man, I have the Niners um, as well. So we're gonna have to do a tiebreaker. Um, yeah. Uh, I think um, what you said, that pass rush might be what is the deciding factor because Chase Young is like if Chase Young is the least of your worries going down the D line, you're in trouble. Like you're in I, trouble. I gotta so. cut. That's a good point. In the past game, and I hate to cut you off again, but he's been a liability in the running game, and that is part of the reason I I forgot to mention why in their game last week they had a really hard time and they gave up a hundred rushing yards to Dylan is because or uh, Jones. I mean because Chase Young is like a headhunter for sacks who is not setting the edge right now. And I hate to see it because that's not how he was taught at Ohio state. I think if the Niners can get up by a couple scores early, they'll cruise. I really think that. Yeah, Um, I agree. And, and I think I anticipate that's what's going to happen. I think Purdy will have an amazing scripted first drive. uh, And if they can just like, Oh my God, if they can just stall the lions early on, I think it'll be all good. But if they let the lions, they give the lions even a sliver like, and also we're really going to learn a lot about who these coaches are because the coaching duel is going to be so intriguing. Uh, like they're, they're so different, right? Like yeah. offensive savant, mastermind, bucking, hard wait, wait, hat. Wait. Not just that. Um, played hesitant in the Super Bowl and lost the Falcons their game versus sure. the guy who will always go for it on mm-hmm. on any third and fourth down. Riverboat gambler, big yep. dip of tobacco. Fucking loves two Vinci's with two shots of espresso, black eye and both, and that's how I start my day. I yep. I put that quote on the show one day. That was awesome. I I respect him. I love Dan Campbell. I don't think the Lions get it done. All right, we have you know talked about picks. We've recapped. Now we need to do some of these coaching changes, some hirings, because as we mentioned <laughs> last week. Things were kind of in a stalemate until some of the um, big fish got signed. So first off, the Carolina Panthers, after moving on from Frank Reich, have signed as head coach Dave Canales from the Buccaneers, who um, oversaw Baker Mayfield's great year for them, and they had to beef out a six-year contract for him. So that's six showing you... fucking year contract, dude. Yeah, the like, tax that it's going to take wild. to get talent there right now. I think that's a pretty good move. You saw Baker getting the ball out really quickly this year and taking less sacks, and I think Canales could have been instrumental in that, and that's something that Bryce could use. So hopefully he's got a good vision of how to build around Bryce with 
like depleted so- uh, resources and how to maximize his talent until they can flesh out that offensive line in receiving. Can you court. squeeze one more thousand yard season out of Adam Thielen? You like, tell me. You're the one that a, brought him a, into the Cowboys. He's a fucking, fucking. Oh, he's so good. Ah. He's a fucking tube of toothpaste, man. And that little last bit of toothpaste is thousand yard seasons. I'm so impressed with Adam Thielen, dude. I hope he sticks around for one more. A very likable hire. The Las Vegas Raiders decided to, instead of incur a mutiny in the locker room, hire Antonio Pierce as the head coach. We were saying that that'd be a good hire and a smart hire. They did that. They didn't go. Well, you actually, you thought that you thought they were head hunting for the big name. And I did. I said, I said, I believed he earned it, but if I were them and if I, what I suspected was that they were going to head hunt for Belichick or for Harbaugh. I was wrong. And I think that opens and up I'm a new sorry. era of the team. I'm not sorry because I wouldn't have done it. I was uh, wrong and I'm sorry. I would have gone splashy probably, but it's a new era of the Raiders. And it, it kind of, it smells like a Dan Campbell hire where you're going with who the people respond to man of the people. Yeah. Fuck that's yeah. a good call. Let's do it. So next on the, uh, ins and outs we have Harbaugh coming in as head coach for the Chargers which in my opinion is the biggest move so I want to save that for last but that also led to the trickle-down effect of the Atlanta Falcons who wanted Jim Harbaugh who had a Thursday um, second interview or first interview scheduled for him but he never made it out of the Los Angeles area so they instead you could say settle but still a very great candidate they end up hiring Raheem shit they hired Raheem Morris. This is the Atlanta Falcons, who's been a great coach for a lot of good teams throughout the years, and he gets an opportunity there. More of a defensive mind, um, not the Arthur Smith type. And also, Arthur Smith's getting a lot of offensive coordinator opportunities right now. The only two teams that have yet to hire a head coach so far, Washington Commanders and the Seattle Seahawks. Mm-hmm. I think that the Commanders end up going with Ben Johnson, the offensive coordinator for the Lions, and I'm curious to see who Seattle goes with. But Tennessee Titans get Brian Callahan, who is, I think, the offensive coordinator from the Bengals, if not the quarterback's coach. So that was one I didn't really have on my radar too much. And, of course, we've already talked about Gerard Mayo being the coach in waiting in New England. So, Luke, let's talk about Jim Harbaugh. I want you to tell me everything you think because you are a little bit more optimistic and you're seeing more of how he's had success at every location he's been at, had set success at multiple different locations, NCAA and NFL in California, where he started at San Diego State. He was coaching for Stanford. He coached for the 49ers, took him to the Super Bowl, and now he's back in the Sunshine State. So before I go into how much of a weird fuck he is, old-fashioned type, you give me what you have. Uh, you know, my main takeaway from Harbaugh and the glaze fest that's been happening on every single, uh, NFL outlet since he's been hired, um, is that Herbert will have no more excuses because I see Herbert and Josh Allen thrown into the elite category more than I see people like Lamar when they don't have a fucking MVP and everybody talks about, oh, but Justin Herbert is not the problem. And, oh, Justin Herbert's like – and they just they, – they salivate over the man. I like Justin Herbert. I've been saying this since he's a rookie. I'm, I, I'm not obsessed with him. I don't, under, I don't necessarily see uh, what everybody else apparently sees. So if Jim Harbaugh, the big, the big quote-unquote savior, comes in, 
highest active, uh, highest uh, winning percentage and active NFL head coaches right now. Winner at every level. We're we're building this up. So if they go out and lay a fucking egg, and like I I don't know what excuse wall Herbert and these Charger fans have to hide behind. Uh, so I don't know, man. Uh, I think you know you can say what you want about being able to abscond from uh, potential uh, punishment as a college head coach caught in a cheating scandal and getting to bounce to a lucrative NFL deal and, um, you know, the rich get richer. Say what you want about that. Um, I don't know if he's the most likable personality out there. I think he's very weird. Um, and we'll see what the players think of him. We'll see how this how this rolls in the NFL. He hasn't been in the NFL in a while. He's been teaching kids. Um, he hasn't, he hasn't coached in the NFL in almost a decade. Right. So, um, back when he was Mr. Walmart khakis and stuff and, you know, like, so we'll see his brother's fantastic and has been doing this the whole time. Still didn't go anywhere. Same franchise. And, um, we'll see if he can live up to that. They, they apparently play next year. So they're on the docket. There's a Harbaugh bowl in the regular season next season on the football end of the spectrum. I still, I honestly do think it's a good hire. I think that sure, of course Herbert, it is. It's a great hire. Herbert is the super, super like mega soldier version of McCarthy, his college uh, Harbaugh's college quarterback this season. Um, Herbert has all of the arm talent and mobility and skills needed to operate the style of offense, which is a bit of a throwback that Harbaugh likes to run. And I think that if Herbert can get down the mental aspects of that offense and the play faking aspect of that offense. They could be elite if they go and get a tight end for him. Um, they're in position at number five to get Brock Bowers, the best tight end I've ever seen in college. Um, so there's reasons for optimism. I want to talk about Jim Harbaugh, the character a little bit. So firstly, <laughs> he leaves Michigan in the wake of the cheating scandal, which a lot of people have conveniently moved on from, but there is still an active NCAA um, investigation in place. Yeah, it like truly which, feels like nobody cares, doesn't it? W- yep. Which it's because they won the national championship and it's going to look really bad on the sport if they have to take that away from them at some point, or if they end up getting bull banned, which is what I think is going to happen. I think he left. And J.J. McCarthy left, and all of these guys are leaving. Sherrod, Sherrod Moore, the offensive coordinator, gets bumped up to head coach. Honestly, deserved with how they won that game against Ohio State and won the Natty. Um, I think that there is an aspect of fleeing punishment at play. When Ohio State had the Tattoo Gate scandal, Tressel left college and went as an analyst for the Colts, if I'm not mistaken. And the NFL imposed a six-game uh a six game penalty on him where he couldn't be with the team because of trying to prohibit people dodging like punishment from their but like whatever. Go ahead. Didn't Pete Carroll bounce from a scandal at USC and went and won a Super Bowl with the Seahawks though? Yeah, that's a good point. Um, I don't know. It seems but, like, I don't so think I anything's going to happen. I don't think he's going to get any kind of a suspension hardball. That is, um, Harbaugh as a character will also mention people are like glazing him up for his, his performance recently, but he has a losing record against Ohio state two more losses than he has wins. He never beat urban Meyer. Never even, I mean, he came close, but 
we were whooping them, and they didn't start winning until the alleged cheating started. That's all I want to say. The you the character, like these, these, these Kenner figures that they made back in the day, um, like so, every year Kenner did starting lineup figures, and Jim Harbaugh has a Bears one. So oh, that's kind of uh, cool. Yeah, that's kind of sick for his you. His aesthetic and keep... as a Bears player was pretty dope, honestly. And his like, but I mean, like he bounced, he was a Colt, he was a Charger. Like the Chargers, I even saw people in the Chargers like Instagram comments being like, "Hey, we're excited too," but this has been like eight posts in two days. Like so, yeah. Um, they they want some good publicity. I get it, and they have a very very strong social media team. So I want to talk about the character of Harbaugh for a little bit, just because I think he's one of the weirdest people ever. So firstly, we talk about his recruiting antics early on with the Michigan Wolverines, sleepovers at kicker recruits' houses, climbing up trees of of recruits' backyards, um, samurai sword shit. Then you get to some of the things that happened when he was like the coach on the team. Uh, I have a list here of the weirdest things he's done uh, from walruses, from walruses to Judge Judy. So first we have announcing a 2020 presidential campaign. Earlier in the month, rapper Wale complimented Harbaugh's winning nature and jokingly suggested he run for the nation's office. And Harbaugh tweeted, okay, partner, we're doing this as long as you're my VP. Harbaugh Wale 2020, you with me? Uh, next we have the very hilarious clip of Jim Harbaugh and what I, what appears to be his father in the judge Judy crowd <laughs> laughing hysterically at a very, very <laughs> average joke. He is apparently an ardent judge Judy fan. He's tweeted multiple times, big congrats to judge Judy on signing her contract extension through 2020 from a devout fan. Other ones where he's praising her, you have him challenging a walrus to a push-up contest at Six Flags Discovery Kingdom. You have him putting Gatorade in his cereal. Uh, this says smearing a player's blood on his face when he was at Stanford. Um, all right. He called the cheating Michigan Wolverines America's team this year in a press conference, if you recall. He's just a very weird guy. He called chickens cowardly birds, said he doesn't eat them, and then reneged on that this year and said after having some chickens in a homestead type situation, he thinks they're hardworking birds and he's come around on them. He only drinks whole milk. He said he never takes a multivitamin because God gave him a multivitamin that he takes every day. It's called a steak. He's just a character, man, and I just wanted to get some of these funnies out because Brad's going to have to deal with this guy, and it's not good when they're losing because they <laughs> lost a lot when he was coaching early at Michigan, and he was a laughing stock, and people have casually forgotten about that. Well, and when he took over at Michigan, they were bad, and he brought them to prominence, and you know what? When he took over the 49ers, they were in a dog shit spot, and he took them to the promised land and uh, lost – to his brother in the Super Bowl. Sure um, did. So I, I think that he can do it. Uh, I just don't know if the NFL has changed too much since he's been around uh, where he'll be able to hop back in. I mean, we talk about the, the landscape and how fast it's, uh, it's, it's shifting. Jim Harbaugh asked Jamie's Winston in a um, pre-draft interview if he's a sex addict. Sex addict? What, you sex addict? You addicted to sex? Honestly, with how Herbert is so fucking socially aloof and loves to fish, I think they might get along really well. I mean, they'll probably be best friends. Yeah. Um, you know, I think he's whatever, whatever. It's a, it's a great hire. Um, I want to ask you, do you think Belichick's sitting yep. out this year? I was just about to say, okay, Luke, 
my honest opinion, this screams to me as manufactured interest. Because, what, there was like one team interested, the Falcons, and they went with Raheem Morris instead? I think he does sit out because I don't think there is interest for him. I think the fact that he has been so bad, or sorry, not maybe not him, but the team, the Patriots have been so bad since... Tom Brady left and how he's just been such a grumpy fuck about everything since I can remember him coaching I and how he's had control over the roster with GM and, and uh, roster moves and all that. I don't think anybody wants him. And I think that was largely manufactured by Rappaport, who's very annoying. Um, I honestly, man, fucks my head up. I wish Schefter, I wish Schefter and Rappaport weren't a part of the NFL landscape. I truly wish they were. I don't like either of them. If there, if it was somebody else, you wouldn't like that person. I think you've just been oversaturated. They're just the way they present things is often scummy, and they frame things in certain ways that I just really don't like. Sometimes, I don't ever hear from Rappaport because I don't really watch NFL Network that much, and I'm not on X. But I see Schefter all the time. He doesn't bother me. Schefter's even worse. Schefter's done some like said things and presented things in ways that are pretty fucked up. And if I cared to do There's it, I few, could pull I can up think a list. Of a few. I, like, the Dwayne Haskins one was it weird, just, right? We have to there go through like, them um, to get these breaking news because they're the insiders. And there are other insiders that I like more. They have those Inside the Insider shows on ESPN. And there's other ones that I just I think are better. But go ahead. Sorry. Talk about – it's weird that the best – like one of the most winningest head coaches of all time is not getting well, an second, opportunity. Second winningest and the greatest, far and away the greatest head coach of all time. Maybe, maybe in any sport. Nah, can't really. Got to give it to Phil Jackson uh, over Belichick, probably. Um, okay, regardless, the greatest NFL coach of all time. Yes, he's old. Yes, the Patriots have been on a downslide since he won six Super Bowls and went to like what nine. Um, so yeah, I guess it's been a bit of a downslide since that, uh, the greatest run in NFL history. So I just feel weird. And I think it probably speaks to what I've kind of harped on twice already is that people want to go young and they want like people, players are responding to coaches that are former players or coaches that are young and speak their language and have this interesting, uh, new perspective, often offensive coaches. Um, you know what I mean? Which Belichick is not. Um, so there's there's there I don't know how many people in the NFL and and players coming out of college want to commit to however he feels like running his football team. I, I think Patriots he might have better I think he might have better luck going yeah. to a university uh mm. or somewhere. Like I think any school would be lucky to have him and I think he would dominate, but I don't think I don't think he's interested in that. I I really want to know what the inside dirt is if he's asking for too much. If he wants to be GM and head coach, I'm I'm curious as hell what he's asking for. Uh, if it's just a matter of people are uninterested in him being solely the head coach, it surprises me. I get uh, it. It makes me uncomfortable for some reason. I just think that's a. I think that nobody deserves a job on legacy, right? But I just think that we're missing out. And sorry, on because he certainly is not like a meritorious candidate right now if you mm -hmm. base it off of the recent history right so and that I'm has thrilled to be that the falcons yeah. hired uh raheem morris and i and i'm thrilled that we are in a fundamentally different spot than we were last year where people like you know we were like there's no black head coaches in the league and now it's like this, this has been a, a one year change 
You know what I mean? So I'm thrilled for everybody getting opportunities like that and for bringing in new people, new blood. Like, yes, it's awesome. So I get it. It's just that I feel almost robbed if we don't because get to Tom see and Bill have got bad blood. <laughs> I feel robbed if we don't get to see Bill coach ever again. Like, and I know it's stupid, and and you shouldn't. That's uh, you know a microcosm of life. Like you had, if you have a wonderful life, you can't ask for more. That's the point. Like good with the bad, but I don't want it to end. Maybe that's just me being selfish and just like desperately clinging to uh, football uh, of yore because it's almost gone. Dude, we are in the, the new era, I was and with I ain't talking fitted caps. No, man, it's we're old. We're old. Like, yeah. we're old. Our and we're aging rapidly. Gone. Yeah, I mean, I don't know about you. I've, I look pretty much the same for the last like five years, but I can't speak for you. Um, so some coordinator <laughs> hires for the Bears. We brought in what was perceived to be the hottest offensive coordinator candidate, Shane Waldron from the Seattle Seahawks. He was only available due to the situation that happened with Pete Carroll kind of being forced to take a new role and step up from head coach to an organizational role. So Shane Waldron, after hearing a lot of like um, interviews from Seattle insiders, I'm hearing some good and bad, some similarities with Getzy, which isn't great. A lot of failure to adapt and really good at scripting early shit. So hopefully that's not the case. But he has had a lot of great success in different places with a lot of different styles of quarterbacks. Worked with Goff. Um, is credited largely for the resurgence of Geno Smith lately. And um, it, it is a move that does not telegraph if the Bears are going to retain Justin Fields or if they would go for Caleb Williams, like maybe some of the other hires would have. Um, on defense, we just picked up a pretty good hire, in my opinion. Oh, gosh, where is it? I had it. Bears defense. I, mean, I, I think his name's Williams, but I don't know him enough. You're fine. DC. You're fine. Just Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Eric, sorry, Eric Washington has been hired as the new defensive coordinator. He is the Bills defensive line coach, and he's been a defensive line coach for the Bears. I believe it was 2010 when he was last year, and it's perceived Sick. to be a good hire. He has had very good success with defensive lines in all of his stops, including with Buffalo, where they were ranked fourth in their sack rate this year. So it seems like we got two solid hires. Um I know Eberflus is still going to call the plays, which is largely the strength of what he brings to the table was that second half resurgence when he started calling plays. So hopefully um, these hires are good teachers who can coach up our young players. We have a pretty young roster. And then the last thing I want to say about the Bears, because we're going to talk about this all offseason, I want us to keep fields personally and trade the number one pick. I do not think we will. And I don't think that's the smart thing I to do. I wouldn't if I were I you. think you're gifted the number one pick in what is perceived to be a generational quarterback year. Um, not just Caleb Williams. Drake May is also great. I think I think Drake well, Drake May is a better fit for the city of Chicago, in I my like, opinion. I like Jaden Daniels, dude. Jaden Daniels is a talent who I think will go top 10. There's a lot of quarterbacks to, to be happy about looks, in this draft. He looks good in purple and gold, don't he? Yeah, I think that the Bears are going to take Caleb Williams, and I think we're going to trade Justin Fields. And I think Justin Fields' trade value is going to be a lot higher than people think. I think uh, he could. I think he could get feast. a first round pick. Some team is going to feast with him. Uh, uh, you you talk about Raheem Morris coming from the Rams. 
uh, a high-powered offensive team, you know, and going to Atlanta where people have linked Fields to, mm-hmm. that might be nice, you know. That could be real nice. I don't. I wouldn't give a first-round pick for Fields, uh, but look at what the look at what the Jets got for Sam Darnold, who was nowhere near the perceived talent of Fields. A second, I, a second, and then other, and then more, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, fine. I'm not offering a first. How about that? Like, there. Like, just because, like, I, I'm not. I just because somebody got fleeced on Sam Darnold doesn't mean my team needs to get fleeced. I get it. Yeah. I'm. Look, I have been critical of Justin's play. I am I trying like to be a realist about the situation. I love Fields and I want to keep him at quarterback. I think he is a winner. Well, he's not a winner in the NFL. I think he can be a winner if you put talent around him and you develop him and you have a good game plan to maximize what he's good at. However, if Baker Mayfield has to eat through a mile of shit to get back to a starting role, then Fields doesn't deserve a first round pick. Okay. Is my argument. That's fair. I think the physical talent and the potential, the untapped potential that some people are going to think is there, I think it'll go all the way up to a one. If not, I he think it's going to be multiple twos or like a two and a player and a late round pick. I think he's going to okay get those. more than people think. I'm okay think. with those. I'm I wouldn't okay be – dude, I could see the Falcons trading the eighth pick in the draft for Justin Fields. No. You don't think so? No. Okay. I would be in shock. If they did that, I think that'd be foolish. We just said that there's all these quarterbacks in the top 10. I would build around somebody right. that's like, and I new think, and, new. and and this is me right now. And this is going to seem wild, but I think three quarterbacks are going to go the first three picks you, in the draft. You know, the draft far better than me. So I don't mean to laugh. So do you like want, so do, would you rather like have, would uh, shock me? Would you rather have Michael Penix, Bo Nix, or, um, J.J. McCarthy. J.J. McCarthy's the only young one of the two. I think Justin Fields is like the same age as Bo Nix and Penix. Would you rather have Justin Fields at eight that you traded, that you have to pay him in two years, who's the same age with all that talent, or would you rather have Bo Nix or Michael Penix the same age on a rookie contract at eight? Because that's what you're looking at. Because I think J.J. McCarthy might even go ahead because he's won at every level. He won a national championship. He won a high school championship. The Falcons had an incredible draft last year, and it's all youth. Now they just hired a brand new uh, head coach. Youth, what should we do? Let's take another. Let's take a fucking rookie, Penix Jr., and let's there you build go. together. You that's, know what I mean? That's, that's what that's I would an, do. That, so, that's fine. I just think and it's that, not that Justin's old. It's just we've seen Justin. It's not like Justin hasn't been given a swing. Like he's started lots of football games, and he's been fine. He's shown that he could be really good. Yep. I wouldn't give a I wouldn't give a eighth overall pick for potentially being good. I wouldn't either. Here's the thing: we have seen quarterback value be inflated to incredible points it's where true. it shouldn't be. It's true. And not only that, we have never seen a quarterback with these kind of legs available at this age. We've just never like he is he is one of the best running quarterbacks ever. And somebody's going to see draft capital, dude. I would two. I would love it if the. I would love it if the sorry, Patriots they're the could third, find a way. Third pick. Here's what I, I like think happens, they could Luke. find a way to bring him in. And this is early projection. I think that the number one pick will be Caleb Williams. The number Got two it. pick will be Drake May to the Commanders with Ben Johnson as their head coach. And then, the, and then at the three spot, the Patriots will either take J.J. McCarthy or they will take um, Jaden Daniels. And I think it might be uh, McCarthy. 
You know how fucking sick next. I mean, we're not to the Super Bowl yet, but next season, if there's three, the first three quarterbacks are the like all starting. That's number so four yeah. is gonna be um is gonna be Marvin Harrison Jr. to the Cardinals. Oh my god! Oh my god! Number five is gonna be the Chargers pick, and they're gonna. Brad's been talking about like all these things. I'm like, Brad, you're at the number five pick for the Chargers, and I think three quarterbacks go in the first five. You're gonna have your Who's pick the- of everybody. Who's the best O lineman? Is there an elite O lineman that you could pick there? Yeah, there's a lot of That's good offensive linemen. That's what I do. Here's my thing: Olufashanu from Penn State, elite athlete, projected number one offensive tackle last year, came back. Mm-hmm. He was only 20 I, last year, I, I, only 21 this year. I think Joe Alt's better. I like Joe Alt better. They need a I line think, for Herbert. I and think Joe Alt is Joe Alt, who you should know all about as a Notre Dame stalwart, he is Joe Thomas to me. He is a guy with pedigree. His dad is like a pro football, like, I don't know, Hall of Famer, but longtime pro football player. Um, I think he goes in there and he stays there for 10 years at one of the tackle spots. He's got tight end athleticism. He's got length. He's super good. But... Three of the best wide receivers I've seen in recent years, and we just keep getting good receivers every year now, are Marvin Harrison Jr., Romo Dunze, and Malik Neighbors. And it's going to be hard-pressed not to take one of those if there's one of them will be available. You know what I'm begging Brad and the Chargers for? To take over the city. Like, I want SoFi to be an experience where it's not just, like, it's always the away team at SoFi. Yeah. Uh, And, and... People don't really care about the Rams, and they super don't care about the Chargers. I think 100%. that's part of the. I think that's part of the splashy hire thinking, uh, on their part. Because look at all yeah. like this guy's mad famous. Like people, people care about uh, Jim Harbaugh one way or another. So, yeah, that's good stuff. And it's it's Tinseltown, dude. Like, if you can if if you can fucking crack the code and and get hyped. This is a front runner as they come city and the chargers could, could win it very easily. Um, you know, they're not going to be the Lakers or the Dodgers, but you know, what's crazy though. I think their path to success and that makes, that makes great sense optically and narrative wise, but like on the field, I think their path to success is the least showy way to do it, which is how Harbaugh plays offense. His offenses okay. are the least showy. They are ground and pound I formation. They are investing in running backs. They are investing guards. Have a great for, I'm fullback. I'm talking about W's. No, no, no. Yeah. At my desk. But like, it's the least, um, poppy and fireworks and showy offense that you're going to have in the league. They can win with it though, because teams are not prepared to defend it. Right. When he had Kaepernick, Um, that was right. That was, that was electric. But, um, all I'm saying is I think it's a good hire if they go that route. But at number five, I think you should not sleep on Brock Bowers, the tight end from university of Georgia, who is far and away better than the last tight end taken in the top five, which was Kyle Pitts. He's way better than Kyle Pitts. Not even close tight ends. A lot of good young tight ends in the league. I've never seen a tight end like him, Luke. I've never seen a tight. Yeah. As a Notre Dame fan, I find that hard to believe. Brock Bowers isn't a normal tight end. He's like a top five wide receiver type, but can still block. Like, it's yeah. crazy how good he is. And Michigan's offense and Jim Harbaugh's offenses run through tight ends in the passing game. So I think that would be a great move to pair him up with uh, Herbert. Anywho, we've talked way too much about the Chargers. They have not earned it. And Brad well, is they not have here. this week. <laughs> they have yeah, this well, they, week. This is, they the, won... this is the most interesting the Chargers have been in 10 years. I mean, sure, they won the long month of January's offseason because they weren't <laughs> in the playoffs. 
You know what I mean? They, they won the January some, They stole some season. midweek headlines before the AFC and NFC title game. All right, dude, Luke. you think we're not going to get a Harvaugh clip shoved down our throat every day through the next, like, fucking He's scheduled to future? speak soon. Yeah. yeah. Like, in, tra- in minicamp, training camp, every Harbaugh quote, ha-ha, listen to what Harbaugh did at th- breakfast. Uh, like, it's going to be everything. Harbaugh like, only drinks whole milk. Ha-ha! Yeah, it's happening. Anywho, do you have any other closing thoughts before we close out this episode? I Honestly, we're at an hour ten right now. This is longer than I thought. Well, we have, there's a lot to talk about, and I haven't seen you in a week, so we're dear friends. Um, even though you were totally grilling me the other day, and even though you only had one side of the perspective, you don't care about my side of the perspective. I, I, I did bring that in. I said, I agree. We don't have to bring it up. I was I roasted you lightly. I didn't mean to. We don't have to bring it up. You used to, you used to be meaner. I did used to be meaner. <laughs> what do you want me now, to say? Now, let me ask you this. Was I funnier when I was meaner? That's the real question. And be honest. Um, well, that, I'm not the best audience there because Taylor says I find mean humor to be the best. So Yeah, it's very funny. I have an, attract- I have an attraction to toxicity when it comes to humor and, and, and dudes in general. Like, look how easy I was won over by Aaron Rodgers. I was like, this fucking yeah. guy is funny as hell. Like, yeah. So. All right. Well, no, we'll you're great. I think here. you're still the funniest dude alive. Oh. We, 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 were, we were angsty, young 20-somethings. Yeah. It was a hard time to be alive. And it was pre-COVID, you know? Our empathy an... was at an all-time low. That's fucking true. I was politically ignorant at the time. I, I had we're not dumb. been around the world. I'd only been no. in central illinois right uh, different man now I care i was trying to be funny and i got i took it too far story that's my autobiography i was trying to be funny and i took it too far no it didn't offend me i was just being a dick so you brought it up on the show it offended you we have two games <laughs> looking forward to tomorrow very excited to watch these you all know where we stand and we're gonna sleeper cell we're going to have to figure out what tiebreaker we're going to do on the Super Bowl. Do you think we should just defer to our gambling expert friend and have him pick a prop bet for us to to go or well, like something? Well, we don't know. We don't know that we're going to pick the same team in the Super Bowl. That's true, yeah. So we'll wait till then and then we'll figure it out from there. But it's low stakes, but it's fun stakes, you know. I've actually looked at a couple movies like which ones would I like? I'm curious, do you have a movie in mind? No, not off the top of my head. Uh, oh, yeah, actually, I do. Uh, they they put out La Bamba on Criterion in September. But um, if you've never seen it, I've never seen it, but I've heard about biopic. it. Biopic. Uh, my dad got me the tape as a kid. My dad used to give me good movies as a kid. He got me the yeah, tape. Yeah, your dad probably just your so he dad could watch loved it with me. certain male um, actors that he had very good taste in. <laughs> yeah, my dad liked good flicks, you know, and and I think um, I really love that movie. It's an awesome fucking biopic and. Uh, I, I wanted to add it to my collection in September. And then in the holidays, I was buying stuff for my family. And then I was like, I can't do the... The only one on the sale I bought was Mean Streets because I couldn't let that... that so die. you're probably going to guess mine, but it is another De Niro one. Can you guess? Is and I have... Bull? Yep. The Raging Bull Criterion yep. is, is beautiful. I have that on 4K and... Um, that's the one that I want, but last, it might be too like expensive, so I'll keep an eye. If it's too I will expensive, happily my back... buy your Raging Bull. I don't my care. backup is The Sound of Metal. Have you, have you have seen you, that one? Yeah, I never saw it. That was an Amazon flick, but it won some Oscars. I Very think. good. Um, I have seen it. I've already seen it. So um, Luke is from Bad Movie Brunch. Loved it. Just a little insight. I love to collect things and I especially love to collect limited things that I deem to be like either culty or um, like low key popular, maybe a little bit more hipster and stuff. That's not necessarily the case with Criterion, a little bit more with some of the other physical media um, providers like Arrow, but 
Luke is more of the has seen a lot of movies cherry picks from criterion um the best of his favorites to add to the collection to keep the collection a little bit more to the heart and consolidated which i totally respect i'm a degenerate and i've been buying physical more i've been buying physical ones just based off of what i hear about them never seeing them and that's a way that i'm forcing myself to go more outside the box with my um media it's beautiful i used to be that way like i so like when i was in especially when i was like right into Chicago and film school and stuff yeah. or when I was in Macomb. Oh my God. I was just buying everything I could see. It's just different perspectives. Yeah. But and also there's space home. that comes into this yeah. little fucking apartment. I was just going to say that I like, have so much more yeah, room so for it. Um, if I had room, imagine the shit I'd have. I'd have more, I'd have framed jerseys on the wall. Like I'm making use of what I got and I love my apartment. It's beautiful. Yep. We have a nice space, two bedrooms. It's nice, but we're in LA and it's expensive to have this spot. Whereas it. has got this dope ass house massive i would have i'd, I'd hang drafty. out in a different room oh, it's my my, my electricity bill's day. like 400 dollars a month right now so well, uh, i don't mean huh? price wise i'm apologizing no, I, I just mean it's a nice home and i have a lot of space for things i have to like i have to like declutter this place every six months because i am a collector and then i have like right now my next big thing is I have to go through my Funko Pops and decide which ones I'm going to sell to comic book stores and stuff because I do not have enough room to display yep. and store them. So like, and it, there's it, surprisingly a market Disney for pins, them everywhere. Disney pins are our best one because they're very small. Yeah. Um, fucking, I just had to thin my mugs out the other day. And you Dude, know I, I mean? need to thin I, my mugs. Buy, they buy a lot of mugs. <laughs> they are overspilling from the mug section in my yeah, cabinets. Yeah, so you know how it is. It. You know how it is. This is boring. I'm sorry, everybody. No, this it's not. Life. These are this adult things that happen. Um, there's a whole I dynamic. I drink a lot of coffee, and I have too many expensive <laughs> mugs from the Disney parks. <laughs> there's a big conversation about physical media versus digital and all of that. But I still maintain I, this is all physical to say, is the way to go, and I buy it stuff too. I want. This was all to say, um, The Sound of Metal is one of the few ones I had seen previously before I even knew it was on Criterion. So that is definitely one I want to add to the list. So I think it's very good. Sad movie. But we're talking about some extra shit. Raging Luke and Bull I are is painful, dude. That's I've not seen a fun Raging, movie to watch. I've seen Raging That's Bull. It's it's uh it's Lamada, right? The boxer? Yeah, Jake Lamada. Yeah, dude. It's a fantastic film, but it is not fun. And Do it's you like want to know how I found it? Irredeemable character and yeah, He's a bad guy. Uh, Jake LaMotta was a character in Fight Night, Fight Night Round 2 and 3. And I, like, learning about some of those boxers, I found out that De Niro played a, a biopic movie of him, so I went and watched Bro. it. I rented it at Family Bro. Video. It's the one, dude. You gotta get it and just watch it with the commentary. It's amazing. The commentary's amazing. He, that's, like, that's like Pesci's, like, first time with them. He, like, and, and uh, not his first film role ever, but his first, like, main one. I think he got Good nominated movie. for an Oscar. And ma- and maybe he got, I think he won for Cousin Vinny, I think. But he literally got nominated for an Oscar for, for that. Like, Pesci and Frank Vincent were in this movie that De Niro saw and told Scorsese, we need to cast these dudes. And then Pesci and Frank Vincent end up being the guys in Goodfellas and Casino as well. So it's, like, kind of this weird trilogy uh, of all these guys together. Um, and it's, you know, black and white. The cinematography is amazing. The editing yeah. is amazing. Thelma Scoot it's makeup. Good. It is just a fucking class. You don't need me to mansplain, folks, how good Raging Bull is. But that I is like literally the, your, your expertise like is to talk about the these things. lore of Raging Bull almost more than I like watching the flick. So when I yep. bought it, I didn't even rewatch it. I was like, I'm just going to watch the commentary track. Like, uh, you're aware that you're, like, credential to talk about these kind of things. Like That's, that's a good point. That's expertise. a good point. I am, I am cred- credentially allowed to talk about film. 
my but parting not football. thoughts. My football takes are not. Ah! There's no credentials there. <laughs> my parting thoughts. I believe that, and this is nothing against the Killers of the Flower Moon, which I thought was an okay flick, a little bit more than Luke did. But if you're going to talk about these movies, like, and this is nothing against Lily Gladstone, who was awesome, or uh, her co-star, but I think The Irishman, man, The Irishman, Mm. is a better Mm. film than Killers of the Flower Moon. And they're Mm. comparable in terms of the last few movies made by... Oh, help me here. Um, Scorsese. Um, and they're both critiqued as being too long. I love long movies like this. They are totally my style. I'm okay with it. And I love anything that can depict Native Americans, but I wasn't necessarily happy about the depiction of the Native American story at hand. Maybe it needed to be said. Um, that was a comment I had. And another thing was... I don't necessarily think that um, America Ferrera should have been nominated for her role in Barbie either, in my opinion. I I have very uh, complicated feelings about the Oscars, and um, I think that it, it's very, very important. There's a lot of re- I, it's, it's uh, very, like uh, it's very it's retroactive very, very important Oscars. to know that it's a show, and it's very important to know that it is like for ratings and stuff. And so popularity plays a big factor. It it, it absolutely is the celebration of like the best films and the and the best people around. But it's hard to. I, it's just very. I I always like think it's really hard when it becomes like sports and it becomes competition with arts, like because like we see a winner when we watch football and stuff. Yeah. And then you know what I mean. It's, so it's it, it, I it's feel like more it almost becomes objective more, than subjective. It's more just fun it's debate. Different. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And like I like Flower Moon just fine. I think Irish sports. Much I'm better. saying I think, sports versus. Art. Did you ever see? And this is the last one. If you want to talk about a three-hour picture of of Scorsese's that got no shine, you should watch Silence with Andrew Garfield and Adam I've Driver. Oh my god! And like they yeah, to, they're, like, the, they're, they're they're the um what's it called the something priest priests in Japan? What's yeah. the, what are they called? And the Ju- are Judas they Jesuits? Priests? Jesuits? Oh yeah, whatever. Sorry. Yeah, and they're Jesuit priests in priests. Japan, and they have to go like try and rescue Liam Neeson. And then it, it is turns, an oh, incredible awesome true story movie. that 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 actually <laughs> yeah. happened. And that gets into colonialism. That's kind of if you notice, that's kind of Marty's thing. Like he adapts almost like all of his sh- almost all of his shit is adapted. Like like Goodfellas and Casino are books and true stories. Flower Moon is a true story. Silence is a true story. Kundun Kundun is a true story. These are uh, all Raging incredible stories too that are adapted yeah. in great ways. Um, there was a lot to do with Asian countries such as um, Japan and China. Uh, with less so China, but trying to expel Western influence, and that was part of it. Was that story? Silence it's a great so movie. Good, Silence a good movie. I've seen some yeah. stuff. I'm not bad. Yeah, for, you've seen for a lot not... of flicks. Yeah. All right. Let's get out. Right, of here. Let's get out of here. We're bothering everybody. You can put <laughs> a time like, stamp is, if you want. T's like. T's like. Shut up. Shut up. Right for NFL right. Mail, I've been Aiden. I've been Luke, and we'll talk to you next time. Sorry, right, sorry bye-bye. to talk about film. Sorry to, sorry to yeah, fucking sorry, educate like you. Movies. We have degrees. Ba-da-la-la-la-bamba. Last week I told you about experience-dependent plasticity. Dude, you're a